Hello and welcome to That Film Studio. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. As always, we will have our usual assortment of things to talk about, but we wanted to open the show with the highlights of the 94th Academy Awards, the Oscars. Yes, the highlights. We're just going to talk about the hits. Okay, that was probably a bad choice of words. Uh, That deserves a slap. I mean, to be fair, that's all anybody is talking about. Did anything <laughs> else happen? <laughs> there was a few things, and uh, look, and we will we will get to all of that. But look, first up, I mean, um, number one, look, I uh, full discretion. This was the first year in years where um, I didn't go out of my way to watch all of the best picture nominees. I basically did no prep work for the Oscars, and then I therefore did not also end up actually watching the oscars there were bits throughout the throughout obviously when it was broadcasting where i get did get to peek at certain bits um but i'm coming in at this as basically like we're just going to give you some information um overall though from what i did see it's fantastic to see them back putting the show on in an actual venue that's not um like a an old train station or whatever wherever the hell they were last year i get it covid was a whole thing it's still a thing but it looked like a true celebration again, so that was so that was awesome. Um, but look, Dune, Dune basically. Uh, I hate it when this happens when it's like there's a one movie that's just knocking, <laughs> yeah, just just taking them all out. It's sort of like ah, oh, share it around, share it around. But um, Dune did really well in terms of like production, uh, visual effects type, you know, behind the scenes uh, filmmaking things, and I, full criticism uh, where it was granted that's what i got from dune watching it it was all this stuff it got best sound it won best production design best film editing best cinematography um best visual effects and also best original score and i think you and i both did we not say han zimmer um that score was uh the best of the year last year yeah and definitely one of the best things about the movie but you, you're right, though. All the things that you've gone through there, fair play. You yeah, know, it did, I can't argue with that. You know, tick all those boxes. Yeah, there was that bug. I mean, we, there was that one bug in yeah, the movie but, that was like an, a million-dollar a million dollar shot, I'm pretty sure. And I was like, why is that a thing? But anyway, it looks good. <laughs> but it's a movie that the two of us didn't rate it that highly. And since then, it's just gone on to win all of the awards. And then as soon as the Oscars come around, Six. It won six awards. Six. What do we know? We don't know <laughs> shit. We don't know shit. But do you know what? I remember when we watched Cruella and we were like, damn, you know what? The costumes look good. So Cruella won uh, Best Costume Design. I thought I'd just throw that out there. Um, you know, we saw Daniel Craig send off in No Time to Die. Um, and that movie uh, got Best Original Song for, of course, the song titled No Time to Die. So Billie Eilish um, and Phineas walking out there with... Um, with uh, with Oscars, it's just bonkers, man. Billie Eilish has an Oscar. Weird. Yeah, and apparently, I think she's the youngest person to win in that category. Oh, that category. I was going to say, I was like, surely there's been like, yeah, no, for best Oscars, original song. That's so that's, it. I mean, it's it's a big deal anyway. You look at it, the song's fine. It fits the movie. It's. Yeah. I like that a Bond song. Oh, I'm sure it's happened before, but a Bond song. I think surely Skyfall won. I'm pretty sure Skyfall won. 
Oh, Adele, yeah. Yeah, I reckon. Anyway, look, Encanto also had some pretty good uh, songs. So, you know, a little part of me was like, ah, you know, they could have had one of those. But um, Best Animated Feature went to Encanto, which I'm more than more than happy with. Um, but again, look, I didn't watch every film that was nominated, so hard to sort of compare. But I did watch Encanto, and it was my favourite animated film of the year that I did watch. So yeah. I remember mine was Mitchell's versus the machines, but I've got to say Encanto gets played so much in my house. My kids love it. They love the movie, the songs. And it's a little bit odd because I remember taking them to the cinema and they watched it and thought they liked it, but nothing special. And since then, it's just absolutely taken off for them. But now they, they can, love it. And now they can watch it with the sing-along words at the bottom. Four-year-old can't read, but that's okay. Tell, <laughs> her, can... tell her to pick up again. Come on, come on. She can be singing along, belting, belting the words out. It's good. Or she can just learn the song. Whatever works for her. No pressure. No pressure at all. She knows the song. Because, again, the song. That's in, what this, it is. in this house, the the movie's huge. Yeah. All right. Um, now, when we go into, like, the, the actor and actress categories, uh, we've got Best Supporting Actor went to Troy... Kotsor for Coda and um, more on Coda in a sec. Um, Best Supporting Actress went to Ariana uh, DeBose from West Side Story. Best Actress Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye and Best Actor for Will Smith uh, for King Richard. Um, uh, Hold all comments, please, for now. (laughs) Um, Best Director. Uh, Best Director went to Jane Campion for The uh, Power of the Dog. Um, And, yeah, back to Coda. So we've got Best Adapted Screenplay went to Coda, um, and it also took out the coveted Best Picture Award as well. So Coda, which is um, a unique film. I haven't watched it myself. Again, I'm completely out of the loop. Um, uh, I, I can't remember uh, what was it, what does it stand for? Like a child of of deaf adults or something like that. Oh, I didn't realize it. I'm not familiar. I know of the film, but yeah, I've not seen it either. Isn't this a Apple TV Plus film? It is, and that's uh, oh, yeah. Okay, Quite interesting. I have that. Yeah, yeah. So Coda's child of deaf. Adult. I learned that today as well, and instantly when I was told that, I was like, "Oh, I know. I now know kind of uh, what the movie is about, and it is about a kid, sort of the only uh, hearing able person in the family, and like uh, the rest of her family members are deaf. And I guess there must be the you know the ups and downs of of that sort of experience. So." Yeah, I literally looked up as soon as it was. I was like, okay, how do I watch this movie? Is it? And I was like, oh, god damn, Apple Plus. So I will find my way, get that, uh, get that trial again or something. I don't know. We'll work it out. It'll be on something. Um, so that was the awards, pretty much. Um, but look, there's there's something that unfortunately has overshadowed the whole thing. Um, and I guess normally we wouldn't, we. Would, don't get ourselves talking about, you know, the gossip, the TMZ bullshit of of, of Hollywood. But how can we not talk about this? It's so fresh. It's so... Will Smith slapped Chris Rock in the face. 
Yeah, honestly, it was, yeah, just watching it play out. And then your first thought is, that's not real. But it is. It happened. It absolutely happened. Yeah, there's no mistaking that sound. And not only is it overshadowed the awards, it's overshadowed Will Smith winning Best Actor. It was about 20 years ago that he was nominated for Ali. And now he's won the award. And all anybody's talking about is him slapping Chris Rock. That's great. I've been hearing like things like, I mean, obviously like the context of what's happened is that like Chris Rock, obviously doing what he does, he's, you know, he makes jokes and, you know, it's very, it's very, you know, it's the very cool thing to do to, to make pretty, you know, uh, line pushing jokes um, at the Oscars and stuff. It's like, Ooh, like edgy. Um, Obviously he he made a joke about uh, Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith's. um, She's, she suffers from alopecia at the, uh, the moment, something she's struggling with, so she has been suffering from hair loss. Made a joke about that, uh, a reboot to G.I. Jane or G.I. Jane 2 or whatever he was talking about. Um, I don't know, it's messy. It's messy because it's sort of like, yeah, I don't know. You're, you're not just, you know, it's not someone's fashion choice or like something they've made a decision on. It's, it's something that she's struggling with. It's a medical thing it's hard to sort of think like, where do I stand with it? You know, it's like, it is a hard one. Thinking he shouldn't have punched him, but, or or slapped him, but it's also like, I get it. I get it. He was enraged. He was, he was angry. He was standing up for his wife seconds after also laughing at the joke. But you know, we're talking about a split second moment. Yeah. Where is it? It's yeah. And he wants (laughs) process and actually heard what was being said. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, it's in. I mean, they're both in the wrong, really. And it wasn't even that good of a joke by Rock. And and you're right. Like it looked like Will Smith was laughing along. You could see that his wife wasn't. And then he took to the stage, and even like the look on Chris Rock's face. Like, oh, what's this? Not expecting to get slapped by Will Smith. It was just bizarre and it's just taken over some people think that will smith did the right thing standing up for his wife and other people are pointing out that well it's assault like he should have been arrested it should have been taken out of the building Look, the, not the, then celebrated and it, it is it is bizarre and a lot of people even question like like was this a was this a stunt was it planned was it, and you can tell afterwards it very clearly wasn't there was high emotions or Oh, really? It's just Will Smith is a phenomenal actor. So, <laughs> no, it, it, it very clearly was something that just that happened and it, it wasn't the best. But look, the, the facts are, uh, we've got a little bit of a breakdown here, is that obviously it was a tasteless joke. Um, you know, Jada Pinkett wasn't keen on the joke. Will Smith was defending his wife. He did assault Chris Rock. Um, it is very bizarre. In any other venue, Will Smith would have been removed after doing doing that people have been questioning whether will smith should return his oscar um it should be stripped and it's like you know what he still deserves to receive that award for best actor for king richard um the award has nothing to do with the uh, i guess him assaulting chris rock two completely different um issues but the the down the the really the, the saddest part is 
is that this whole scenario has overshadowed the wins for the first Afro-Latina queer actress, Ariana DeBose, um, the second deaf actor in history, Tony Kutzel, to win an Oscar, um, the first best picture for predominantly deaf cast for CODA, um, and the first streaming service to win an Oscar for best picture, which is Apple TV, if you don't count the Disney Plus win for, um, for Encanto, but I guess we won't. That was a Disney get- release. Yeah, it did get a theatrical release. That's okay. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a good point. Yeah, it's a yeah, good point. I mean, he's it, taken over. These are the things we should be talking over everything. about and celebrating. And it's like, no, we're talking about Will Smith losing his shit and slapping Chris Rock in the face, whether he deserved it or not. I don't know. All pretty shitty stuff. But hey, we're talking about it and it's of interest. But that's yeah, the exactly, Oscars. Yeah. 2022, what a shitstorm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are we going to do next year? <laughs> yeah, top that, Oscars. <laughs> yeah, I know. What is it, the 50th next year? They better... Is it the 50th? Did we say it was the 49th? This one, 94th. 94th. It's at 95th next year. 95th. Oh, okay, that's not nothing. Wow, I just made a number up in my head then. That like wasn't even close. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you prepared this segment, so I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) I just lost my notes. I don't know where they went. Let's move on to trailer talk. Let's get the rest of the show underway. Do you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. From Will Smith and Chris Rock fighting at the Oscars. We're not fighting, one slapping the other. To Antonio Banderas back as Puss in Boots. It's the first trailer for the long-awaited sequel. And is I've not seen the first one. Is it long awaited? Well, apparently, that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> but I've not seen the first one. I've seen Puss in Boots in the Shrek movies. Yeah, but I've not seen I've not seen his solo film. It's not great. Like it's not it's not terrible, but it's it's not um, it's not amazing. I mean, it's not the it's not the best. <laughs> it's not the best. I mean, they seem to be doing something interesting here. Like you know, the whole cats have nine lives thing. He's used up eight. He's got one life left. What is he going to do with his last life? It could be interesting. And we're getting Florence Pugh as Goldilocks. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like I always say, like Florence Pugh will elevate any um, any film or TV show that she's in. So can't knock that. They've, they've done well there. The animation. On top of the animation. As if treating this like a standalone as a movie, I'm like, okay, look, the animation looks kind of cool, very interesting, um, artsy, almost like a, almost like it's illustrated, a cell shading kind of, like layered 2D kind of effects. It it does look kind of cool, but watching this trailer, I, my brain is just going, this doesn't look like. The Shrek world, the it doesn't look like of that piece. It it very much feels like a, something completely different. So I don't really understand the choice of of changing the the animation. Whether that's a negative or not, the only thing telling me that it might be a negative, you know, the, the very iconic Puss in Boots. You know, like when he does the thing with his eyes, and I was like, ah, oh, he's so yeah. adorable and cute. They do that again in this animation. It didn't work for me. 
And I know yeah, just that different. I know that it still works because with this all happening, went back and we, me and me and the the sixteen month year old or whatever the hell he is, um, we've been watching the Shrek movies. Horse in boots. I'm like, yep, still gets me. He is cute. It's adorable when he does that. It didn't work in in this two D kind of design. And but there's a second cat and she has paws. No, that's still not doing it for you. <laughs> nah, it just because I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm I'm watching. It's just the animation is different, and it just feels. Even though it can become, and maybe in context, throughout you know, maybe getting absorbed into the animation, I might be like more into it. I don't, I don't know, but I, I just don't understand the. That's that's just my gripe with it. I'm just like, why? Why did they change it? But you know what? I wasn't even. No one's asking for this movie. Let's be honest. I wasn't that keen on a Puss in Boots. I don't really know why they're doing it. So I don't really know why I'm complaining. <laughs> I mean, until I saw the trailer, I didn't know it was a thing. But I did read somewhere that apparently it is the long-awaited sequel. <laughs> Somebody bit, somewhere's waiting for it. That's a bit of marketing. That's a bit of marketing. Uh, don't get sucked in. Ah, I fell for it. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, we've got a we've got a TV streaming MCU trailer to talk about. Miss Marvel. Um, she's received, well, the show has received, I should say, the first trailer revealing. Also, that the show will premiere on Disney Plus on June 8th. Now, we've seen some, like, whether they've been leaked shots or um, just a bit of promo marketing images and stuff of, like, the suit or cast members and things. But this is our first, you know, footage, things in action, gaining sort of the tone of this show. Um, It looks like potentially the youngest kind of demographic that they're going for there's a lot of creative um sort of like visuals on the screen not to the extent of push in boots but uh it's almost like it's like a live action version of um uh the millers versus the machines which mitchell's mitchell's how dare you you <laughs> mitchell's even mentioned the it machines. not more I did. than 10 I did. minutes ago yeah come on credit where credit's due but it's that I, sort of I like do think, artistic I think that's I know, but I think that's the trailer. I'd be very surprised if that's the show. I reckon that's how they're promoting the film. It's not going to be oh, you reckon? that stylized. I do. I don't think it is. But do you know what? Even if it is, this trailer looks fun. We well, knew it. it was going to be it. a different... We knew it was going to be a different take on the character because the MCU are not going to go near Inhumans again. Didn't work <laughs> for them. In the comics, the character is Inhuman. Whereas they're having stronger connections to Captain Marvel, and we see her put on cosmic bracelets in the trailer. Do you reckon that in the comics? Oh, I was going to say in the comics, essentially, her powers are very similar to Mr. Fantastic. She can stretch, and she seems to be visually doing some of those things, but using the 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 cosmic powers to have like a big fist. Yeah, like it all seems to be like. Uh, from an energy kind of way, like where Mr. Fantastic obviously is like literally elastic, he's rubbery, he's stretchy. This is more like, yeah, like the energy, the pulsing is creating these things to happen. So do you think the bracelets are what gives her the powers? That's what it looks like. Yeah. Yep. Cool. And, uh, she puts we- on the bracelets. So we don't know where she gets them from, but she puts them on and that's when she looks to have powers. I like the fact 
that they're not giving us the costume. I mean, from what we've seen, it very much looks like it's going to be a faithful adaption from what we've got in the comics. But the, the closest we've got to the costume is that quick shot where she's in the air, but it's just when she's on the on the streetlight and we just see her from behind at the end of the teaser. And that's the poster as well. Yeah, but looks, I like that the, the, they're not showing it. They're holding certain things back. Yeah. No, I, I like that. It's like the what you do see her wearing or when she kind of is like, yeah, oh, this is going to be my getup. It's it's like that rustic kind of just like throw together what a kid would, would have. And this tra- whole trailer is sort of, it's about this kid and this kid from, you know, not your most traditional sort of background. And that's the whole thing that's playing into the, like what's different about this character and like why, sh- you know, because every time you, every time it's like, okay, here's a new, here's a new show or a movie. It's like, all right, cool. Are we just getting another, hey, he's a, he's a person with powers. He's a kid with powers. It's like, what's different about it? What's the hook? This is, what's well, a kid? Well, we've had a kid before, but this is a kid, a diverse type of background again there's a lot of mystery to where her powers coming from she idolizes you know captain marvel it, yeah, you said it already it looks like fun um i'm on i'm on board with it and i i want the mcu to win me back over with just fun <laughs> just fun logical stuff i threw a logical there because i realized that they keep giving me fun but it's all stupid <laughs> I know, it's not been working for you. I mean, this show comes out June 8th. Before this show, though, in fact, the day we release this episode, March 30th, Moon Knight. See, no one's That's listening to this premiers. episode today because they're watching Moon Knight. What are we doing? It's one episode. They've got time. <laughs> They've got time to also listen to this. But Moon Knight, it's a essentially a six-part miniseries. It's only six episodes. But I'm really liking this release schedule. Moon Knight in March, June we get Miss Marvel, and they are definitely giving us a variety from Moon Knight to Miss Marvel. Apparently, the rating of Moon Knight is going to be up there with the Netflix Marvel shows. So I like that they're not just giving us the same type of thing. Yeah. Well, and they've always been good at that. Each different, each different thing they put out is a different genre or a different tone or a different, but still feels obviously of one piece, but just different flavors sort of becomes stale. And hey, look, Multiverse of Madness thrown in there between the two of them in in May. So, oh wow, yeah, like they're doing that thing again where it's like, oh my god, we're getting getting MCU every month. <laughs> <laughs> just make it good. <laughs> just make it good. Also, the more I think about it, the more I want to see Nick Cage back as Ghost Rider. Make it happen, <laughs> Doctor Strange too. Make just, it happen. Please. It's just going to go all out because why not? Nothing I hope so. Them. There's nothing bloody stopping them. Damage is done. <laughs> okay, so we're going to do things a little bit differently. So we've talked film, TV. That's the trailers out of the way. Let's talk about a deleted scene. I think this may be a first for the podcast. I just couldn't pass up not talking about it. It's the first scene of Robert Pattinson's Batman meeting Barry Keegan's Joker. We did see Joker in the film. I think most people know that by now. 
But that was Joker and Riddler. In this trailer, we're seeing that there's a conversation had between Batman and Joker. And as interesting as this deleted scene is, I am so glad it's not in the movie. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised they released this. Um like what we They released it in 4K. <laughs> they went all out with this. Full on, it's full on. But I mean, like the tease that we got of the Joker seemed to be enough. I kind of like the idea that we didn't quite know what we were getting if we eventually do get, you know, Joker in, in the future. This this scene, look, as, as a scene on its own, as like a little five-minute, almost like mini, like short film, it's it's engaging, it's creepy, it's cool. Like the Joker character, um, the, like this Barry Cogan's, I guess, version with his, the way the makeup's done, the deformities, the, the grittiness of it, the bloody fingers, like it definitely seems to fit within this the Batman world. It's a good scene. Uh, you know, it kind of, by the end of it, I'm like, well, damn, like I, I'm looking forward to, I mean, everything works about it. Really, it's it's good. I completely understand why they removed it. It's very samey to the scene where we get Batman and uh, and Riddler. And I feel like this would have, if we had already seen, because this would have been obviously before, set before, if we had seen this scene and then seen the Batman and Riddler, it would have taken away from that. I I don't, it is a, even though it's engaging and it works as a five minute thing, I feel like throwing that into an already quite lengthy movie would have just slowed down the film. Um, I, I can't really pick where they would have put it. It would have been, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's such an interesting idea, the idea of Batman going to Joker as, you know, Clarice and bloody um, Hannibal style, just like... I mean, that's it. Like, yeah, yeah, I need to consult with the crazy to fight the crazy. That's, a, like, that's brilliant. But it's where interesting. Do you, where do you shoehorn that yeah. in? Where do you place it? I don't know. Well, fortunately, nowhere. Because I've got to be nowhere. honest. I mean, I I gave the Batman five out of five, and I stand by that. If this was in the movie, I think it'd have brought my score down. I mean, that's a big call. That's. I like the Joker. It's interesting what we're seeing in this deleted scene. But I mean, you know, as you say, it's not in the movie for a reason. I think. I mean, you have to have. Joker and Batman. I mean, he's the big bad. But let's wait for it. And it's okay him being in the movie, having a conversation with Riddler and build up to him. I'm just glad that they didn't show us that they already had a relationship. They knew who each other was. Yeah. And let's that, save that for down the line. Yeah. They, I mean, they, that still could be the case, like whether you wanted to treat this scene as canon. But I think at the end, at the end of it, I mean, Robert Pattinson says it himself. He's like, I'm wasting my time. And he walks out. It's like, yes, there actually really is no point to this scene except for, hey, we're setting up the Joker or we're, we're, we're showing you the Joker, but there's no re- Like when we see the Penguin in that movie, there's a reason for it. And he's, a, he's actually a character in the film and things are happening with him. Other characters, similar situation. With this, it literally would have been like, okay, we're, we're seeing Batman and Joker, which is cool in itself. But, again, Batman says it. I'm wasting my time. And he walks out. Yeah. Finally, there's no point to this scene. 
at all. But it's cool. It's cool as a little yeah, standalone. I'm glad is. we get to see it. Fantastic, awesome. Bring on the Batman sequel. Yeah, but you know what? This is the Joker that we're going to get in these Pattinson films. It's not my favourite take on the Joker, and not just what we're seeing in this deleted scene. Just like there's been different versions of the Joker over the years in comics. You've got the clown, the criminal, the monster, and I guess that's more what we're going to be getting in these films. The disfigurement, you know, ah, I, I don't know. I like the criminal Joker. We're not going to get that. We, we didn't even get that with Jared Leto. He was doing a different thing again. I think what you need, I think because we've had different versions and they always want to obviously try and do something new that doesn't overshadow what's come before, but also like still fresh and still can be its own thing and still be true to, I guess, the idea of, of the Joker or the, you know, the main concept of it. And I think... And that's it. I think this is it an interpretation that sounds, we, yeah. kind of, I think would work in this world as in, in the universe that, that's been set up, the Matt Reeves Batman well, and it does, it does, it does work. We've got it, you know, him, you know, having that dialogue exchange with Riddler, we've seen him in the film. And just like we're getting this deleted scene as well, like they go out of their way, which I did like, not to fully show him. It wasn't until towards the end you got a better look of what he actually looks like, mm. but he was behind glass. He was out of focus. I liked all of that where the per- or the showing him from yeah, behind. Well made. Well made scene. Oh, absolutely. I'm looking yeah, forward to just like right. getting like a crazy joke, like a legitimately just no pun intended, batshit crazy, you know, joker. And I guess like the disfigurement is the more of the visual stuff to it. And I guess it would play into his character. But what we've seen is like the chaotic joker, the like you said, like the criminal mastermind type, you know creatures where it's like i i just want the the one that's just off his chops <laughs> just give me nuts i want to get you want to get nuts i want to get nuts let's get nuts <laughs> nice all right let's uh that's it for our trailers and uh tv trailers deleted scenes that's the movie that's the movie news Amazon has closed its 8.5 billion acquisition of MGM. The film studio founded in 1924 will bring Amazon a catalog of more than 4,000 movies and 17,000 TV shows, including the James Bond and Rocky movie franchises. Well, our Amazon Prime subscription is going to go up a little bit, I believe. (laughs) I reckon that's going to start getting costly, but there's going to be so much content. It's going to be insane. So much content. But if you look on Prime now, like it used to be a lot more straightforward. Whatever you could see is what you had access to. Oh, and yeah, then it now started it's like giving channels. you... Channels. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So just like Google Play, um, Apple Movies, you were able to rent movies. So that was a new thing that added. And then, like you just said there, the channels. So at the moment... You can subscribe to an MGM channel. There's an AMC channel, but these are all like their own individual streaming services. Like Paramount Plus, you can subscribe via Amazon. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's really annoying with that? Like, okay, so we've got an Amazon account, say, in my name, and then a Paramount Plus will be like in my wife's name. Different email addresses, they're obviously not linked. I'm on Amazon and then it's showing me Paramount Plus stuff. And it's like, rather than being like, 
they're not linked. So then it's like, okay, I can see it there. I can't access it through the app I'm in right now. I've got to go to Paramount Plus. It's just, that's it. I don't know. That's annoying. <laughs> it's just, oh, it, it is. It, oh, is. it just, doesn't work the best. But you know what? That's not the news. The news is <laughs> yes. that you're right. The price point is probably going to go up. But if we get in this content as part of Amazon and then we're going to get new MGM properties within Amazon, I'm okay with that. You know, just like, hmm. you know, 20th Century Studios on Disney Plus. Oh, like 100%. Like that's, yeah. And this is it. And look, MGM has always for the past couple of decades anyway, it's been a studio that has kind of sort of teetered around like, hey, are we going a bit bust? <laughs> you know, what are financial issues here and there? Not really sustainable. They've had a few successful wins to sort of keep them afloat. I'm glad they're pretty much secure now. It's one of the it's one of the oldest film studios um you, you know since the since the dawn of Hollywood. I'm glad that it gets to live on in some capacity as part of the uh, the conglomerate that is Amazon. But it's this is all good news, and so I'm glad. I mean, it's it's news that has happened. Like we, we've heard about this for like, a long time, but I'm glad it's done. Yeah. It's done. It's all all happening. It sounds like good news for customers. So I'm I'm happy. You know, I've got Prime, and I've said before a few times on the podcast, they don't always give you new things. I mean, it, it does happen on occasion. We've still got Star Trek Picard on Prime. I think in the US, that's now on Paramount Plus. The Boys. So there is, you know, a reason to keep Prime, but this is just going to give more reason. Lots more content. We'll get to it when we get to TV news, but they've actually announced the first TV show that they're doing, but we'll save that. Whoa. Okay. Looking forward to that then. All right, if we can uh, if we can talk Madam Web for for a second, I know we're all very excited, curious, uh, one of the above. Um, Euphoria's Sydney Sweeney, um, she's set to star opposite Dakota Johnson in Sony's upcoming Madam Web Marvel movie. So this is, of course, a, a Spider Man type film. Don't even know what we're referring to it um, anymore. Are you familiar with Sydney Sweeney? I am. She is in the show White Lotus. Oh, of course. Good show. Very good. Good for her. Good for her. Um, I have been uh, seeing a lot of her in Euphoria. Um, great show. I've recommended it before. Still good. Just finished its second season. Um, like, she's great. And she's been, I've seen her a couple of movies as well, like where she's doing things. Um yeah, do we? I mean, what, what do you? What should we do? Like, should we speculate on the character she potentially could be? Or? I really couldn't. I don't know. Like, I don't know who Madam Web's supporting characters are. I, I just dislike the character of Madam <laughs> Web. Yeah, so I'm really curious what this film's going to be. But we've said, haven't we? When talking Craven the Hunter, Madam Web, we really don't know what this. What is going to be happening with these Spider-Man connected films until we see Morbius? Which, if you're listening to this podcast, you may have seen it already. It's out to it's out. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, it's I think there's some advanced screenings where we oh, are. Oh, that's right, actually. Yeah, so, the yeah. day we put it out. Oh, you're right. Nobody's listening. They're either like watching it. Moon Knight or watching Morbius. <laughs> 
Oh, Come back. damn. <laughs> but yeah, good point, actually. Yeah, when we post this episode, yeah, the movie will actually be out. Yeah, you might actually yeah. know. Although, you know, rumblings online, um, apparently changes have been made since the That's marketing thing, has started. That's so. a whole thing. Who knows? Ah, check it out. Review. Check it out. Review. It's uh, coming soon. It's not out already. But look back to back to the news part. Look, City Twenty. I mean, if it is going to be a major character, I'm assuming a recognizable character. I mean, who are the females in the in the Spider Man world? I mean, there's probably an abundance that we, again, not too familiar with the Madam Web character and all the supporting cast members. But okay, there like cats. I don't know. Oh, I was I was thinking. Spider Woman, Spider yeah. Girl, Spider Person, Spider People. <laughs> Sorry, it's all the Spider People. Um, that cat person. <laughs> what else is it? Are there any other? I don't know. She could be bloody. She could be like the Silver female, Sable. Silver, Silver that Sable. That might work. That might work. She could be the female Doc Ock. Like, who knows? Actually, you know what? Just pick a character, pick a villain, the female version of it. Who knows? Could be yep. anything. I'm going to move on to the next story. I, I really didn't think we'd be talking about <laughs> Madam Web for as long as we did. A bidding war has begun for a live-action Voltron film that already has Red Notice's Rawson Marshall Thuber direct or attached to co-write and direct. You ever so this is the thing that Are is, like, that is this... happening. I'm familiar. It it looks like the. The, the Megazord. That's the, I know it predates Power Rangers, <laughs> but that's, that's, that's what I know it Okay. Yep. But I mentioned, I mean, see, it's already got a director. And there is a bidding war. Warner Brothers, Universal, and Amazon are all in the running. Netflix, not so much, although I think Netflix were the last ones to produce anything new for Voltron, or Voltron even, because they've got the animated series, haven't they? That's true, yeah. But I guess that's would be different to a a live action film, um, different sorts of right. Look, if it's a bidding war, Amazon could pretty much buy Warner Brothers and Universal um, <laughs> if they wanted to. So I mean, uh, you wouldn't want to be bidding against Amazon, but uh, I know, but Amazon are busy, surely. To, yeah, they've got enough. <laughs> maybe they just don't. Maybe they may not care enough. Um, I'm, I'm always curious to think, like, okay, they've got a, a director attached, but say, let's say Warner Brothers. You know, gets the gets the rights. Can't they just be like, "Oh, look, we, yeah, we don't like that guy. We want someone else." It happens, or, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see how that develops. <laughs> um, but if they're interested in the property, and there's, you know, they've got a, him co-writing already, and who knows? Maybe he's got a vision that they. Oh, like what they were Of course, and. If it is a good vision and there's some passion, then the studio should go or like at least put thought into it and consider it and say, yeah, let's uh, let's go with this guy. But if they're like, no, no, we're doing something different with it, then that's in their right as well. All right, Godzilla versus Kong. There's a sequel. A sequel film um, is set to shoot later this year in um, in a country called Australia, wherever that is. So more monsterverse. I mean, it, it's, Godzilla vs. Kong did pretty well. And look, we're, I guess we've got to be clear, this isn't necessarily Godzilla vs. Kong 2. It's just the sequel or the next film in line in this series. Yes, yeah, so it could be called anything, but it's a continuation it could be called of what we last got. Anything. 
in that film. But keep in mind, though, like, I mean, it was a while ago now, but we're talking about, was it Apple TV that are making a MonsterVerse TV series that was going to be connected to the films also? I can't there remember seems to Apple, be a lot. but there was something going I've, on. I seem, to recall, I seem to recall Apple. But anyway, yeah, but a MonsterVerse TV universe is also on the way. For me, Kong Skull Island, still the best one of those films. <laughs> but Kong versus, or Godzilla versus Kong even. Ah, problems. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't remember if you enjoyed it. Or not? I think you. No, no. You liked it I mean, I watched me, it, but it was still pretty. I did because you had a real hard time with it. Oh, it was that, just was that Kong just, with an accent. This <laughs> is one of the. No, uh, wasn't even with an axe. That was. I mean, that was cool. That's better. Had an axe, didn't he? Yeah. That's oh, fine. you liked that? No, that's fine. Why not pick up a giant weapon? Makes sense. Where he got the axe? Ah, oh, really? ridiculous! <laughs> Magic. I knew there was something you didn't like. Just. King Kong floating in like zero gravity in like this different dimension in the center of the earth that he got to through a portal. What the like, what? Remember when Godzilla was about like nuclear fallout and it was like super dramatic? Ah, don't let me go back there. Next story. (laughs) Well, still Warner Brothers. Daniel Radcliffe isn't interested in returning as Harry Potter for an adaption of The Cursed Child is moving on. I mean, yeah, look, I, 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 read, I read into this. He was saying, you know, like he, he spent the last decade essentially trying to rebrand himself, move him away from uh, you know, those, those films. You know I mean? and, and, of course, he, he definitely appreciates and has such high regard for those movies making him who he is essentially but you know he he has been a decade sort of doing like what robert pattinson has done and and, you know like gone for particular very special films whether they're they're artistic or independent or just something something very different and i think he's successfully done that if he was to do that now it would undo all of that hard work he did say however he you know he's not closing the door forever he just thinks it's just too soon if he's gonna come back he wants to wait like another 10, 20 years or something before he Wow, that, that's that's Which, a while. Can can you remember when I'd not seen Harry Potter films? It was weird. Have you finished them yet? Nearly. Yeah, I have nearly which, finished which them. Which one are you on? I've just watched. Um, I only need to watch Deathly Hollows Part Two. That's where I'm up to. Oh, and wow, then the Fantastic Beast films. You are if yeah. you've got a you've got a week, you've got a week and you can go see Fantastic Beasts, Secrets of Dumbledore. In a cinema, that might not happen. But I'm catching, <laughs> I'm catching up, I'm catching up, and I've got to be honest, pleasantly surprised. They are good. Man. They, like the them. characters do get older. The world yeah. does get darker. There's higher stakes. Oh, they get darker. consequences. I'm pretty sure and the last three movies are like in black and white. That's that's how dark it gets. <laughs> well, this is why I'm able to watch them so quickly because the reason why I was watching them in the first place was to watch them with my kids, right. and then we've got so many films in. Not only were they getting quite dark, I think they were losing interest, to be honest, because it was less, you know, bright and fantastical. Yeah, less less wow magic. It was more like, okay. So the idea is that, you know, wife and I was just going to wait until they were a bit older and then carry on. And then the wife's like, yeah, I don't really want to see him. I'm like, well, okay then. Did your wife watch so I've just been, no, nah, she stopped. She's going to oh, carry okay. on when the kids carry on. And I'm like, well, <laughs> okay, then. 
you know, I'm just going to finish them. I want to know what happens. So yeah, pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. It is worth noting as well, like Daniel Radcliffe has said that he's not interested in returning as Harry for an adaption of The Cursed Child. So maybe he's like, that's because I know a lot of fans also didn't really take too well, they, they, they don't love it. Oh, wow. Well, I thought they so, did. I thought it was like a big, nah, I mean, it's a fun, big, favorite I mean, thing. It's a big, like, you know, the, the, the show and all that kind of stuff, but it's not, it's not the best thing. Okay. Um, so maybe he's being specific and being like, well, not that. Something else, though. Like, if we, if we were to catch up with the characters, you know, and again, later on. So, I'd love to, yeah, one day when the time is right, I'd love to see it. No one would say no. Oh my God, just print the money. But yeah, you gotta have you gotta have Harry back. Otherwise, why? Hasbro has ordered a film about Play-Doh <laughs> from Crazy Rich Asians director John M. Chu and Big Sick writer Emily V. Gordon. Those credits, though, those credits, I'm like, hey, Crazy Visions was Legit credits. a fantastic <laughs> film. And The Big Sick, beautiful. Just fantastic. So all, all praise to Chu and Gordon there. Um, and you know what? We cannot sit here. We honestly cannot sit here and say, what a stupid idea. Because do you know what? They made a movie about Lego. And that's that it, isn't amazing. it? That, that's the go-to. That I mean, is sometimes the go-to. They made a movie about emojis, and I mean that was a shit fire. But <laughs> it could have it could have been something great. Anything can be this great. Could be. Done, this right? could this could be a fun kids movie. But um, yeah, so there Visually, we go. Visually, <laughs> Play-Doh, like Play-Doh itself, and I guess like Lego, like it could be anything. Play-Doh's more messy. That's the other thing. But yeah, it could that's be. True. Could be anything. I'd almost want it to look like to be look like a stop frame animation movie, but I'm assuming they're gonna go with like a CGI. Oh no, no, no. You just got me thinking now. Hard man. Imagine if it was claymation. But then it would be clay, it wouldn't be play-doh. Unless they made it claymation that looked like play-doh, but then well, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, again claymation bought with with play-doh. But with play-doh. But play-doh goes hard. Maybe they'd do it like um remember the CGI. Ardman film flushed away with Hugh Jackman. Maybe yeah. do something like that. Like Have that, it so yeah. it looks like played anyway. No, but even it's, like the it's a, it's a thing that's like happened. the Lego movie, completely CGI, but well, not complete. You know what I mean? But like when we're in the actual animated thing, it's, it's sidetracked. Yeah, Will Ferrell wasn't CGI. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's CGI, but the way that it was animated, it almost looked like it, it really felt like it was stop frame the way they like it it all jittered and the, the the pieces like sort of bounced and it was yeah that's what they need to do with like the play-doh but i can see like things shape shifting and like doing yeah. weird things I, I just don't know what the story would be but again it could be anything use your goddamn imagination it's play-doh could be anything jude apatow is developing a sequel to this is 40 with Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann, which will likely be called This is 50. It's like one of those things like, oh, what are they going to call it? This is 50. Yeah. <laughs> it's the perfect title. I mean, I remember Knocked Up coming out and wow, what a great film, funny film. And then they were doing a spin-off with Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann and a very different film, but a good film in its own right. 
And the idea of revisiting those characters 10 years later, it's interesting. Yeah, like I I know like uh, This Is 40 wasn't praised as much as Knocked Up was, but I mean, a high bar to, to go by. But Knocked Up yeah. was a different thing. It was, a lot, yeah, different, it was yeah. a lot more broad, whereas this it was a, a more this is mature about, story. Like a coming of age for middle-aged people, like a married couple. Their family, they've got kids. The kids are nuts, but <laughs> those girls. Um, I enjoyed the movie. Like I quite liked it. I mean, they're, they're two two characters from the Knocked Up film that just stole the scene every time they were on screen and, and they were doing stuff. You've got Leslie Mann, who's you know Judd Apatow's actual real life wife, and their two uh, real life kids. Um, one of them, Maud Apatow, who actually again, Euphoria, man, like get on it it's some some great actresses in that show um it's i'm up for this um you know like it's been a decade it actually has been a decade hasn't it it's it would be the time to do it and i guess like the girls by the time yeah by the time it was due to come out yeah a decade yeah so i'm all for it again i know it wasn't the most beloved movie but i think it it did well enough like yeah i'm keen I'm, i'm glad that I feel like these movies are sort of just Judd Apatow's way of expressing his own life, <laughs> I guess. You know, like, you can have his crazy, bonkers, fun times, everyone's stoned kind of movies, but, yeah, I think these are the more true, like, yeah, this is almost like his therapy. So I, we, you have to give him that. We have to give him that. It's good. I've just had a look. 2012, so, yeah, it's been 10 years since this is party. Better move quick. If not this year, then next year. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Oh, yes, they would still be in their 50s, though, wouldn't they? Um, even though poor Rudd still looks like he's 25. So that's, yeah. that <laughs> is concerning. <laughs> New set photos from uh, production on Renfield in New Orleans uh, give a first look at Nicolas Cage's Dracula in the upcoming comedy horror film. So always good to talk about photos um, in an audio uh, but you know what? <laughs> he was in. He was in People magazine. Everybody's seen it. Everyone's seen it. <laughs> Everybody's seen it, and it looks excellent. He's pale. He's flamboyant. I'm really excited for this. I'm really excited for just Nicolas Cage in general. This is going to be his first studio film since Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance in 2011. He's coming back in a big way. And he's doing like interviews because he's got a new movie coming out. What I was I always forget the full title. Massive talent, help me uh, out yeah, here. Yeah, the, ma- massively talented something. You guys know the one. Okay, we both don't know, but that movie, <laughs> massive talent with Pedro Pascal, that looks great, and it looks like he's going to be hitting the reset on his career. That movie's com- coming out where he's playing a version of himself. And then Renfield is coming out. And again, he's doing a lot of press. And he's admitted recently that he starred in dozens of straight-to-VOD movies to pay off his debts. But he maintains that he generally cared about every role he signed up for. If there's one thing you can say about Nicolas Cage, he never phones it in. He doesn't always work, but he never phones it in. It's so easy. It's so easy to look at that statement and say, you know, a bit of just PR spin, a bit of, you know, like oh, saying what people want to hear. A little part of me believes him, though, just because oh, I do too. Just yeah, because he, I do. he really does, though, doesn't he? He really does 
he's always doing it. Even like even shitty little films where it's just so obvious that it's like this is a crap movie. Yes, you can't hate Nicolas Cage in it. You're just like, man, no. he's he's going for it. Like he's doing Honestly, it. Honestly, Pig from last year, like, and that was a quiet performance. It didn't go big in that, to be fair, which is excellent. But yeah, I think he's um he's coming back. Like he's not having to make movies to pay real estate. I mean, you've got a <laughs> castle in Europe, you know. Is that the day? That's the day. Purchases. Well, I mean, but, um, he's looking yeah, like he's... he could live in that castle now. I mean, he, I'm worried about him. He's a bit pale looking. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he looks he looks great. It, it's really a horror does... comedy. He looks that. His fashion sense has changed, but it must go with the with that castle because I mean I don't know. Have you seen him at <laughs> have you seen him when he's out doing press? Yeah, he's pretty colourful in his appearance anyway. I'm, oh, I'm okay. excited. So I'm obviously just taking the piss and going with like the red velvet looking um suit. Yeah, no, honestly, just look up Nicolas Cage like at events or awards and you'll see some of the colourful outfits he's worn over the years. He, but I'm he, happy. I'm happy that he's he, he's looking to be coming back in a big way. And good, good for him. We know Scream 6 is happening, and now we know that Courtney Cox is officially returning. More Gale Weathers. I mean, I'm assuming... And that's the story. That's the yeah, news. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming there will be some other characters and actors returning. Because that uh, Scream 5 is so fresh, I'm not even going to say who could or couldn't no, come back. No, you can't. No. But we've at least got Courtney Cox. So at least we know she survives. Unless this is a prequel. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. What if this yeah, before is? We... This could be. This could be like a, like a Scream 4.5. Oh, yeah. Uh, who knows? Maybe. I was just going to say... Before we we can move on from Scream, but just sticking with Courtney Cox before we move into TV news. Are you still watching Shining Vale? Yeah, man. Yeah, the yeah, he's, latest he's episode. The latest episode was today. Watched it. Right, I've not seen that one. I've not seen episode five. I watched. Well, I binged one, two, three, and then did four. Lost me a little bit, but okay. I'm gonna. I'll stick with it. Oh yeah, yeah. For last week was a bit. I think it was the first time I was like, I was like, ah, oh, I'm not laughing as much. And okay, what's sort of going on? But five comes back. Like there's a okay, good stuff. A bit yeah. more of the ghostly stuff going on, and you're like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah. By the end of it, you're like, ah, right, this this show's picking up. It's going good. Right, there's cool. also just finally they're on screen. Like the release date that they're scheduling in. Remind me, is oh, that's it right? Is it, it the it's end next year. of this year or is it next year? No, no, it's next year. It next but year it's a, yeah, but it's essentially a year later. Yeah, which isn't typically isn't typically done anymore. Back in the day, like eighties, maybe early nineties, and you know, horror comedy, they would start churning them out year after year. Yeah. I mean, we had it with like the Saw franchise, Paranormal Activity, those kinds of, I guess horrors that eventually it was sort of like hey look we can oh, do true. a new installment and they're pretty cheap to churn out i don't want that to be what scream becomes though unless that's the joke every time that we talk scream and we're going to be doing that for the next year it's just like what's the what's the joke what's this um you know what's the genre parody stuff whatever but just like they did with <laughs> scream five if they can if they can make another good movie and they can do it within a year why not? Yeah. 
All right. They've got us to have to go into like shade universes next. I mean, there's there's nothing <laughs> left. There's nothing left. God damn it. All right, let's move into TV news. Well, I've teased it already. Prime Video has officially given a series order to global adventure reality series 007's Road to a Million, where contestants will compete for the cash prize of 1.3 million. This marks the first time that the long-running spy franchise is venturing into television. Now, that's the news story. Whoever wrote that has clearly never seen James Bond Jr., you know, the animated series from the 90s. Maybe they're, maybe they're anyway. live action only. <laughs> so I'm thinking, wow, you know, we talked about it already. Amazon buying MGM. What are they going to do? It's essentially the amazing race meets James Bond. This is not what I thought we'd get from Prime Video. But it's the, it's the first thing that's going into production. They spent how many billion to get to get the MGM? And um, 8.5 billion. And their first yeah, yeah. thing is, so we're going to do a reality race show based yeah. in the... Followed 007. by <laughs> a boxing show, Rocky-themed maybe, another reality <laughs> show. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, so yeah, it, hey, they, it's, they, it's they, need to, they need to create content quick and they need to make the most of what they have the rights to. I'm sure we will get some quality, but it's sort of like when Disney Plus started, it was like, oh, hey, look, we've got The Mandalorian, fantastic, but then we also have you know 15 like cooking shows and things like that. And hey. The World According to Jeff Goldblum, hey, which was, was great that was in that quality. first season, that was quality. But again, it, it was cheap and easy was, to produce, yeah. I'm assuming with this global adventure, they're going to be going to locations from the movies. I'm assuming that's what's going to be happening. Oh, look, and I'm sure they're going to be they're going to have a lot of fun with the 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 007 of it all. Challenges, missions. Sure, yeah, yeah I'm sure yeah. it's all going to be a part of it. Oh, I can imagine like, it's again like the amazing race where they're at like Fort Knox and they have to like break into something. Just oh, crazy yeah. bonkers stuff. Maybe they have to like. It's just not what I thought. Escape a volcano? I don't know, man. They were going to be doing. I mean, oh, you make it sound better, to, the to be fair. They're going to Moonraker. <laughs> they're going to the moon. <laughs> going to Moonraker yeah. it. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. I'll move on. I think, I'll it's, move the, on. I'll, I think I'll move it's the on. first time we've we've talked a reality show on the podcast as news. Got to be a first. I feel like we talked about maybe Survivor or something once just as a... I don't think so. No, there was something I definitely, about... I definitely haven't. Maybe you have. Do we ever talk about like Big Brother or like some, maybe I don't know? It must have come a reality show. Oh, no, doesn't matter. Um, the CW, okay. <laughs> the CW, which is our reality. No, it's not. Um, the CW keeps the Arrowverse going with renewals for The Flash and Superman and Lois. Oh, I'll admit, I dead set was waiting for them to announce that The Flash was coming to an end. I was like, surely this is its last season. Surely. But it keeps the on thing with trucking. the flash. Now Arrow has finished. The Flash is the flagship series, and it's going into its ninth <laughs> season, which will make it the network's longest-running Arrowverse series because Arrow ended after eight seasons. Wow, so it's kind of a big That's... deal. And I've got to be honest, I've started watching the Flash again. I never actually stopped, but episodes were building up, and. 
you know, it's, it's, it's fun. Like, it's not what it was, but it's still decent. The big news is that Superman and Lois is coming back for a third season. But there's no word yet on the other Arrowverse shows. I mean, CW usually do their pickups earlier than the other networks, but we've heard nothing about a second season of Naomi, another season of Legends of Tomorrow, a, I want to say, third season, or is it fourth season of Batwoman? Maybe fourth. But those shows are just up in the air at the moment. Is Superman, and so Lois, far, is Superman and Lois even on the CW network? It is, yeah. Okay, it's on. Sure. It it airs on the CW, and I think it's maybe the next day it's on HBO Max. And then here in Australia, we get it on Binge the day after CW. Cool. No, good stuff. I just feel like, I think where I, you know, how far behind I am, like the big struggle is that, you know, because it is network television, it's like, it's just that old format of just like 22, 23, 24 episodes per season. Like, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I feel like they could just get, they could put a lot more into their content and the quality and all that, much like they're doing with Superman and Lois, shorter seasons, a bit more bang for your buck rather than stretching things out so, so long. Like, you know, the network television format, that's, I don't know. And that's, that's just the CW. By yeah. Design, I mean, but... I mean, you're right, but the, the network format, it's reduced slightly. I don't know if this, this is just CW, but they typically have about 18 episodes in a season. So they are already starting to dial it back a bit. And well, it's, just... it's been, it's that been that way for a while. That just cuts the fat of like, you know, those episodes where, oh, we've got to do a bottle episode. We've got to do, not that they, do, they don't do clip shows anymore. <laughs> That's a thing of the past. But yeah, you know, it's just like there's, oh, yeah, we're not doing anything in this episode. We're just going to really be talking and have it character driven rather than all the action. But anyway, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, ACW lives on. Woo. So season six is when episodes dropped from 22 to about 18, 19. So they made this the season slightly shorter. So season six of what Arrow? Of the Flash. Of oh, the, Flash, the okay. Flash. And then whatever season of Arrow was coming out around about that time. But again, Superman and Lois, that's the big news to come out of there. Loving that show still. Good show. Misha Collins will play Harvey Dent, aka villain Two-Face, in the CW's Gotham Knights pilot. Yes. Another CW DC show. Yeah, and they're, they're keeping all the CW actors in the family, which is good. I'll be honest, I've never seen Misha Collins do anything except for his role as Castiel in, in Supernatural. Ah, there we go. Honestly, I was trying to remember what was his name, but yeah, <laughs> I've only ever seen him in Supernatural also. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> which he was very good in. Oh, he was. I mean, now he killed it as, Gabriel, but, as Castiel. He did, yeah. But Castiel, that's it. What if he's a terrible actor? Like, I mean, I'm sure he's not, but. I don't know. <laughs> he might not be. He might not be good as as like a non well, we're gonna, type character. We're going to find out. I mean, Gotham Knights. We still don't know what it is really. I mean, it's not the video game. It's going to be a different storyline. But at least now we know Harvey Dent. I'm pretty sure he's the first confirmed character. Mm. It's a it's a tricky. I mean, again, we don't know what the show is, but I mean, they're putting Gotham in the title. You know, we had that Gotham show. 
which was kind of like, hey, you know, a Batman show without Batman, I'm assuming Gotham Knights would be the same thing or similar. Yeah, but I think, yeah, I mean, I don't know why Batman's not going to be there, but I don't think he will be. But you're going to focus on other members of the Bat family. So I guess it's going to be similar to the video game. I think if 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 it is still like, okay, there is... So rather than being like set in the past and that Bruce Wayne's a kid kind of rubbish, I guess if it's like, okay, I guess similar approach to sort of what Titans did or have done, where it's like uh, Batman's either like retired or he's MIA, he's disappeared, he's dead, something, he's on a yacht, I don't know. And then you've got the remaining Bat family characters, your Bat girls, your Bat women, Bat boys. I mean, that's Robin, the video games. Batman yeah. is killed, and then the sidekicks step up. I guess that would be kind of cool. And different, yeah, and different, I suppose. Although, but then Batman leaving—that's Batwoman, also. Yeah, and then I—I I mean, again, I already compared it to Titans. I, you just switch out the characters rather than you know you've already got your Robin, Robins, lots of your Robins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think we just need know. more information on what it's going to be. I mean, the yeah, so addition of Two Face is cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but knowing the setting—if Batman is or isn't in it, which members of the Bat family are going to be in it—it w- will be cool. Is, I mean, it's it's a lot of Batman. <laughs> it's a lot of to see Batman without villains. Batman content. Yeah. But to see the established villains, in it, I, 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 you know, I think I just keep comparing it to what Gotham was, where I, I guess it was sort of like all hints at the characters. The characters were slowly developing into their villain-like counterparts, where I guess it was like, if in this, it would be Two-Face is already Two-Face. Yeah, he's doing crazy shit. So, yeah, it could be fun. But like you said, there's a lot of Batman. There's... Four Batmans on the big screen. There's, you know, well, a lot of I know, but a lot of Batman without Batman. There's already Batman TV shows that without Batman, like you know, you've got you know, exactly and there's Batwoman Bat- Titans, and then you get the Batgirl movie, which I keep forgetting the DCEU is that where where it's at? Yeah, but keep in mind that one does have a Batman and it's Michael Keaton, <laughs> so that one has a Batman, but Batman content. So much. And then there's all the HBO Max TV series that are going to tie into the yes. films, starting with Penguin. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. And then we get into the animated stuff, like Harley Quinn. <laughs> Batman is in that one. Well, there you go. God damn it. Um, HBO Max's Harley Quinn animated series has found its Nightwing because we need more Nightwing um, in what we do in the Shadow Star, Harvey Gwillen. Um, we've also got James Gunn, who will be playing himself in season three. Um, his animated alter ego is directing a biopic about Thomas Wayne. So some fun Love little <laughs> additions to the cast there. Yeah, but the casting for Nightwing, though, it's Guillermo from oh, What it? We Do in the Shadows. I couldn't, I, I, yeah. That's... Um, that's who it is. That should be interesting. But yeah, Harley Quinn, I like that show. So we've been waiting on season three for a while, but that's interesting, though. The addition of James Gunn playing himself. Yeah, it should be, it should be fun. I'm sure there'll be heaps of gags about you know his involvement with 
a particular DC film and TV series. Maybe I don't know. We might even get an animated Peacemaker (gasps) appearance. Polka Dot Man, Polka Dot Man. (laughs) I miss him so much. (laughs) It was cool. You know, but even getting a Harley Quinn spinoff, and it will follow Kite Man as he buys and tries to run the infamous Noonan's Bar. The series is described as Cheers for Supervillains, and it's got the working title Noonan's. I'm assuming they're going to put Harley Quinn in the title somewhere, but that sounds fun. This makes me think of like which one? I think it's in Shrek Three. Yeah, Puss in Boots has really got Shrek on the mind. Shrek Three, they, there's like this, there's like this bar, this pub, and it's like all of the like the fairy tale villains hang out there. So you got like Hook and like the well, just all of them, just all the villains. I can't yeah. think of it anymore. But yeah, you know what I mean. It's sort of like that. It's like all the super villains go to one little bar. Nifty, cute, it's cool. And it happens in the comics, whether it's Marvel or DC, they <laughs> all have a bar that they go to, where it's neutral. There's no fighting. And no heroes, just the villains. Well, why would the villains fight? They're all part of the same team. They don't no, always get along. They're yeah, bad no, guys, yeah, but no, this is a no place where no, no weapons. And yeah, See, it's, it sounds fun. So more Harley Quinn, <laughs> the main <laughs> show on a spinner. Kite Man is amazing. So I, I use amazing in quotations. He's a he's a he's a great character. So yeah. He's got a green outfit, he's got a kite on his back, and he glides. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, you know. All right, you were a big fan of Only Murders in the Building, that Disney Plus television show, or well, Disney Plus for us. I don't know what else. Was it Hulu? Doesn't matter. Hulu in the US, yep. Um, and you got me onto it. I was a latecomer to it, but when I watched it, I was like, holy shit, I cannot stop. Um, churned through it. It was, it was fantastic. We now know that it will return for season two on June 28th. That's pretty close. And yes, I absolutely loved that first season. I'm looking forward to more. And we don't have too long to wait. So essentially June 29 for us. Yeah, like it's almost April. And then once we're in April, it's pretty much two months away. That's that's what I'm looking at. Might as well say it's one month away. Not really. We've got some casting news for The Mandalorian. Christopher Lloyd has been cast in the third season. This is interesting, isn't it? Isn't it? Oh, I'm, I'm so excited for this. And then it didn't take people long to start editing the title of The Mandalorian to look like The DeLorean, <laughs> as if this was the plan all along. <laughs> oh, I wish my brain had gone there quicker. <laughs> that, that is amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, great. I mean, Christopher Lloyd, he just keeps working and popping up in things. I mean, so good. I had to do I it. Mean, we, the man is yeah. 83 years old right now. On like, that, we don't know. Is he going to be the voice of a droid? Is he going to sure. be the voice of an alien? Or is he going to be human or humanoid? So we'll have to wait and see. But either way, Christopher Lloyd is joining the Star Wars universe. That's pretty spectacular. Paul Wesley is joining the cast of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Uh, Wesley is starring in the iconic role of James T. Kirk in the second season of the Paramount Plus drama series. 
I'm 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 so surprised by this news. It was only the last movie show. I think it was the last one or the one before. We're talking about how the JJ Star Trek crew are all coming back for a fourth film. We knew May fifth was going to be the season premiere of Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. So all this was happening, and ahead of that premiere, Paramount Plus have just come out and announced. Like they've cast Captain Kirk, and he's going to be in the second season. They've even released a production still of the actor as Kirk. I mean, it just seems to be happening very yeah. quick. And if I'm Anson Mount, the captain of the Enterprise, and I've got my own show, which is a spin off from Star Trek Discovery, I'd want my show to start before they start announcing that they've cast the captain for the second season. It just seems a, a weird way of doing things. Or maybe Kirk is just a, I mean, they say starving role. Or maybe he's just a small part of that second season and Pike is sticking around. But the story makes me think that maybe Kirk is going to take over. I mean, that is uh, traditionally how it goes, unless there's some weird I mean, it time is, shenanigans. But then, we're gonna, but then we've got two Kirks. We've got Chris Pine and Paul Wesley. Yeah, but I suppose, like, like how does it work? Like, the film, I know it's a different timeline, but it's also the film, like, versions of it. But I guess the films I mean, the TV film, the series films, have always yeah. crossed over, haven't they? They have, and even the JJ yeah. films, we Leonard Nimoy and Spock, but That's then there's right, the... Yeah. The split timeline, the Kelvin timeline, and all of that—it gets very confusing. But I'm just so like, honestly, yeah. just I'm surprised that you know, if we're looking at Star Trek on TV now, I mean, it essentially, it started again with Discovery, and then we're getting animated shows. We've got Picard back, and Strange New Worlds is about to start, and now we know we're going to be getting Kirk, and we've already got Spock in Strange New Worlds alongside Captain Pike. Ahura, I'm pretty sure she's in the first season. Yeah, it all it does start to get a little bit um, messy now. But I mean, look, Paul was it? I mean, Vampire Diary fans will be excited if they're also Star Trek fans. Maybe Star Trek can get some Vampire Diary fans on board with this. Who knows? Looking at the still image, I mean, the man looks good in the in the Star Trek skivvy. I'm probably going to be shot for calling it a skivvy, but I've done it now. I mean. It's got. It's a uniform. <laughs> I've got, let me. I just want to be clear, though. It's like I'm fully on board with this. It <laughs> looks good. He's got yes. nice hair. Like it's... Uh, yeah. I, I like it. I do like it. But it's. I just think it's odd announcing this ahead of the season premiere. It is strange, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It just seems odd timing, but it's happening. More, more Kirk. Yeah. Jack Black is returning to the Kung Fu Panda franchise. He will voice Poe in a new animated Netflix series titled Kung Fu Panda, The Dragon Knight. I just thought this worth noting the fact that Jack Black is coming back. I know I know, there's been Kung Fu Panda on TV before, but it was a different actor, wasn't it? Yeah, and, that, and that's not uncommon for that to happen. It's not, but having the movie actor then come back and do a series, that... Doesn't always happen. So I thought yeah, it was worth it noting. Is, even though I say like it's 
yeah, I mean, it's more common than not to, to obviously replace your, especially your high profile type of voices for the TV. It's definitely weird. It's not, well, no, whether it's weird, it's, it's strange that we would get him back for, for a series, but good on him. Like, it kind of makes you think, like, is this going to be a higher quality series or? I mean, you'd think so, surely. If they're getting Jack Black back, you'd think they would be having higher production values. Mm. Like, it might play as, it could just be a three-episode series, but they might play as, like, three almost, like, oh, movies true. or something. I mean, it depends how they sort of look at it. It's a good point, actually. It could be, like, a mini-event. Yeah, something kind of epic, but. No, I'm very excited. I mean, Jack Black, very, he does make that role his own, which is cool. Are you a big have you seen him? Have you seen him when he's in the studio recording lines for Kung Fu Panda? I think it's more I, entertaining than the movie. I, he's I, so animated, he's jumping all around <laughs> the place. <laughs> I picture him like recording lines as if he was performing a, like a rock show. <laughs> I feel like it was. Absolutely. Be... That's what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> that is what it looks like. So he clearly likes it. And he, maybe he's, maybe he's just not more. charging much. Maybe he's just like, "Hey guys, we'll, I'll give you guys a cheap rate. What have you got? Let's let's do this." All right, our last uh, TV news story: um, Christina Ricci. She's going to be joining the cast of Wednesday or the Wednesday Adams series, which it, it's just called Wednesday. Is that what it's called? I believe. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, it's just called Wednesday at the moment. They may change that. Now, of course, for those who might be like, okay, that's interesting, but, you know, why do we really care? I mean, of course, Christina Ricci played Wednesday Adams in, uh, well, two of the live-action uh, Adams Family films. And she was, a, you know, she was a small guy. A small guy? <laughs> a small, just a small lady. Of, uh, when she was young. I, I don't know why younger. you're making this know. weird. <laughs> yeah she was short i mean she's still pretty short when she was shorter than she is now when um, she was yes. young she played wednesday adams in the yes. early 90s well yeah. done. and I now she's caught. now she's a grown-up I'm, I'm stuck in a like a cycle um it's interesting i, I mean is this going to be a cameo like a, a large role a semi large role i don't know i mean we don't know the size of the role we just know that she's playing an all-new character completely original for this show, I remember when they first announced it and there was speculation on who they were going to cast as Morticia Adams. But, oh, it'd be pretty cool if Christina Ricci came back to the franchise and played Morticia. Of course, they instead went with Catherine Zeta-Jones. I mean, the cast is really shaping up, but I think, I mean, it's novel more than anything else, but I like that she's attached yeah. to the series, which, again, this is Adam's family from Tim Burton. The fact that they're describing it as an original character like they're, they're saying anyway this could all just be bullshit talk but you know like if someone's like oh look we're bringing this person in to have a cameo appearance they're not going to be like oh look she, she will be playing an original character and it's you know this person's going to have a name and you know characteristics and it's like you know it'll just be a character she'll be playing you know a person in the in the shop, like <laughs> the person on the street, um, delivery, whatever it is, not an original character. So I don't know, maybe could be a recurring or. A, yeah. I think someone. she, I think she's going to be a character in the show. I don't think it's just a stunt where she's just going to, you know, pop up and that's it. Mm. I hope she's like, but either way, 
I'm assuming she's going to be like very completely different. Um, maybe I similar so. to like her yellow jacket type character where, you know, she's like rocking the blonde, the blonde hair, maybe very like poppy, zany, almost a little bit annoying, but like something about it rather than like that, or, you know, complete opposite to like the dark, twisted Wednesday Adams that she played. That would be an interesting mm-hmm. way to go. All right. Well, that's it for uh, the, uh, the the TV news. And once again, you've you've done it. You've thrown <laughs> in some comic news here. So it's all yours, my friend. Go for it. Paul Dano is writing a prequel comic to the Batman titled The Riddler Year One. The six-issue limited series will be published through DC's Mature Readers-focused Black Label imprint. It's due to be released October of this year. So there we go. So Riddler is already doing his thing in the movie. It's year two for Batman. So this is a fun approach. So we're going to go back to the origins of the Riddler. It's one of those things where it's like, like you've watched this film. It was amazing. Uh, there's this very interesting, uh, tantalizing character. There's so much mystery to him. Yeah, a, a part of me is like, oh, who... Why do I want the answers to all these questions I have? But then it's also cool to know that I can have it if I want, and I can also ignore it if I want. And exactly. You showed me, you, you showed me like the like cover artwork and yeah. or, or whatever that was. I mean, it was hard to not look at it and go, I mean, it, it looks intriguing. I want to pick it up. I want to flick through it and have a read. But again, it's it's been written by the Riddler himself, so it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's insane. It sounds the same, which is perfect. And hey, look on that that article that you showed me those those goddamn glasses. Um, I think that they've become like an iconic element of of Riddler of the Riddler character. So yeah, he lives on. He lives on in this little comment. Cool. And that's it for that short and quick. Um, but let's go into our recommends. What have you got for us? I'm going to recommend a novel by Lee Child. I'm late to this series. I really am. I'm recommending the book Killing Floor. It is the first book to feature the character Jack Reacher. Absolutely loved the Reacher series on Amazon. And yeah, I'm going back. I mean, I did know that the first season is based from the first book, but I also heard that there is enough differences. So I've gone back, I mean, I've not finished it, I'm still reading it, but yeah, I mean, it is, it's great. I mean, it is written in the first person. So it was just like, I guess, getting my head around that to begin with, like everything, of course, is his perspective, but it is very similar to the events of the series. But again, the differences are there, but um. But yeah, but I'm in it for the long haul. I'm just going to work my way through the Jack Reacher novels. This one in particular does have three prequels, The Enemy, Night School, and The Affair. So I'll do them next, and then I'll do the books that come after Killing Floor. But yeah, I'm hooked, Jack Reacher. Is, am I correct in saying this is the first novel you've recommended it is, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, oh, actually, 
I mean, yes, first novel. I have recommended books before. That I recommended um, that 80s comedy book by Nick Dissembly and the title, oh, what is it, Crazy Guys? Anyway, yeah, no, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, you're right. But it is, it's the first novel. Yeah, it's, let's put it this way. It's the first book that I've recommended without pictures. There you go. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're growing as a person. I love it. Um, <laughs> Um, for my recommend, um, I feel look, we started the we started the show talking Oscars, um, you know, and some slaps in the face. Um, but look, all that aside, um, like I said, I didn't watch all of the the nominated best picture films this year, and I will, I will get to it when I can. Um, but the one of them that I did watch, West Side Story. Um, and again, I obviously can't compare it to whatever else was nominated. I can't compare it to Coda. I'm sure it's a fantastic film. But out of the ones I did watch, I was like, West Side Story seems to be the best. It was it was my front runner out of like the three movies I had watched. So again, not uh, not saying too much, but in terms of movies that you should watch, I know you're not a big fan of musicals, but oh my God, Steven Spielberg directing. Yeah, I'm interested. Musical. I I'm interested. Wife and I were going to watch it. She's really into musicals. And then I just saw the two and a half hour runtime. I thought, nope, not tonight. <laughs> I will do it. I will do it one day. It's, uh, yeah, no, it, it, it moves quick. And so, I mean, this, like, the story is engaging. The, like, the song, I was surprised. I was like, oh, I was hearing songs. I was like, oh, I didn't know this was from this production or whatever you want to call it. obviously this has been made a few times and obviously we've got the, the the live stage musicals um but if you're unfamiliar obviously i said like directed by steven spielberg this is the second feature length adaptation there was the 1957 stage musical um we've got ansel elgort and rachel ziegler in her film debut um ariana du bois just got best actress in this film so there's all good stuff happening um let me give you a bit of a plot well basically you've got you've got two rival sort of um i guess communities of of people in new york you've got sort of like the uh i guess like the the white anglo western type guys and then you've got like the um the latino sort of community and there's like a Romeo and Juliet type conflict, but you've got the you've got the boy and the girl. They fall in love. They sing. They dance. This probably sounds horrendous to you. You're like, oh, please stop. I mean, I do I do know the story. I've seen it live. Yeah. I watched um, I watched um, it at Crown a few years ago. And it's all sort of about like them sort of coming together and bringing the two communities together. Although it takes a while for that to actually happen, and yeah, it gets pretty dramatic and. It's engaging, but the way that Spielberg, you know, like the story in itself is, is good and, and, you know, like the performance is fantastic and the songs are great and, you know, can't help but, you know, getting a little bit of a jig going on. But the way like Spielberg is, it's been a while since I've seen a Spielberg film where I'm like, ah, oh, this is why I love this guy as a, as a director, like, you know, best in the business sort of thing. The shots that he's setting up, the, like, like the visual, like he, he's, there's this choreographed scene, but then at the same time, he's still obviously capturing it in such a way that I feel like only Spielberg could do. Like he's he's just doing what he does best. Things in the background, um, the set pieces that they're like interacting with. It's like, wow, like 
I want him to do another musical. Like by the end of it, you're just like, yep, he did it. He did it well. The man can do any genre. So yeah, I'm giving a, my recommend today, West Side Story. It's on the list. I'll get to it. <laughs> it's on the list. Not high priority, but, it, but it's up there. But it's up there. I mean, what are these nights? Nice? Well, I'm going to pick it and I'll watch it. Cool. Like without any sort of um, no arguments. No arguments. It's all good. No, it's good. Um, hopefully you do enjoy it, even though it's a musical. All right. Let's uh, finish up with a bit of trivia. Now, I figured, hey, look, we got to briefly mention Knocked Up. So I thought, hey, let's go back and see what, um, see what trivia that movie's got for us. And I mean, I already mentioned, you know, the fact that Judd Apatow pretty much put his family um, both in that movie and this is 40. Um, but the, the title of Knocked Up, I thought this was kind of interesting. So Knocked Up, obviously we understand what that means. You know, you're up the duff, you're, you're pregnant, you're yep. expecting, bun in the oven, a baby is coming. Um, that phrase Knocked Up doesn't actually mean anything in most languages so there's a few translations that needed to happen so we ended up with a few different movie titles i thought some of these were kind of funny when you then translate them back to english so the film's russian title is a little bit pregnant in brazil (laughs) in brazil it's slightly pregnant in italy (laughs) it's very pregnant um and in portugal the movie is called bloody bad luck Oh, brilliant. <laughs> love it. I love it. I thought that was, that was cool. Yeah. I mean, Knocked Up is a better title. Yeah, it works. <laughs> it works for where we got it. So that's that's good. But um, I'll leave it there. That's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film's Due Podcast. And we also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of The Adam Project and stay tuned for our upcoming review of Cheaper by the Dozen. You've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from That Film's Due. See you soon.